everybody. Welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's me, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and your coach in life. And you have just landed onto an amazing podcast where I talk with other female physicians. We truly have authentic conversations that are to bring encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and practice. So no more being alone in medicine. You have found the tribe of true speakers, lifesavers, Fierce females who want to support one another. And today is episode number 45. I'm really excited to bring you this one. It's kind of a short one compared to other ones, but still packed full of a lot of goodness. I'm talking with Dr. Sarah Sung. She is a dermatologist in the Seattle area. And we initially start talking on sun protection and SPF, but then we get into some fun topics of why she chose dermatology, my interest in fillers, and the fat under my chin. So check out the conversation and then stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Erin Wiseman again, back with a very special guest. Today, I have Dr. Sarah Sung with me today, and she is going to tell you guys how freaking amazing she is. Okay, so go ahead, Dr. Sung. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm a dermatologist here at the Poly Clinic in Seattle. It's a multi-specialty group. I did my training at Hopkins in Baltimore, and I just wanted to meet with you today, Erin, to talk about sunscreen and sun protection. Love it, because unfortunately, I don't do enough of it. I have gotten better since I've had children. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I think that happens to most people. I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me exactly why sun protection was your word for today's podcast. You know, I think it's something that people often forget about. I live here in Seattle, and Seattle was just ranked one of the country's top um, states for melanoma. And I think it's something we forget about, particularly in our rainy, cold states, but uh, it's something that we all should be thinking about really on a daily basis. Yeah. And what tips do you have for your fellow colleagues as far as perhaps what we should be doing that we're not? So I think something that people don't really think about is the importance of using it every day, um, using it even if you're just going to be going to the office on the face, on your neck, to help protect against even going driving in the car to your office in the morning. Um, at least getting an SPF of 15 on when you're just going to the office, but usually I would opt for a 30. Okay, and here's something I know that I've probably had it somewhere way back in medical school, and I know I've probably purged it for some like better Netflix information, but with <laughs> SPF, with SPF, like how long does it really last as far as when we put that on? Yep. So SPF tends to last for about two hours, but it really depends on if you're sweating, if you're going into the water. So if you're participating in like a, a water sports event, you really should be applying when you get out of the water. Um, and SPF is a rating just for UVB protection. So you want to make sure that when you're putting something on, it not only protects against UVA, but UVB so that it's broad spectrum. And particular products that you think are best? You know, I think, I think the most important thing is looking for a, a SPF of 30 and that broad spectrum rating and looking for something that's water resistant. So a lot of us are pretty active chasing our kids outside. So making sure that it's at least water resistant. Um, so that you have a little bit of protection if you're going to be out sweating and chasing the kid. Okay. And another thing, like with my kids, I've really gotten into the swim shirts. How effective do you think those are? I love swim shirts. So you'll find my boys anytime they're outside in a sun protective shirt. I think they're 
wonderfully effective. The average t-shirt has an SPF rating of about four. So these shirts, um, if you get something, for example, with a UPF of 50, should provide something along the SPF lines of a 50 as well. You know, and the other thing I've thought about, so I have three kids, and so we pass down clothes quite a bit, even though I've got a collection of girls and boys, or a girl and two boys. Like, sure. does that wear out? Do I need to be worrying about, like, the length of time with those? You know, it's a great question, and I was looking into this, and they actually mentioned that in UPF clothing, if the UPF clothing was to shrink, it actually becomes a little bit more protective. Um, but I'm sure over time, if it starts losing its threading or becoming a little thin, you should replace it. Nice. That makes me feel so much better because I definitely yeah. had my two-year-old daughter in like these blue sh shark swim shirts this summer. So. <laughs> and they're probably uh, at least six years old. I get it. I get it. As long as the thread seems to be pretty consistently um, thick throughout, it's really the thread count and the thickness of the fabric that you're looking for. So as long as it's not threadbare, I think it's probably useful. And a little bit off a of topic, but why'd you pick dermatology? I mean, I could see the reasons as far as I'm, so I'm family medicine trained. I don't know if I told uh -huh. you that. And I do love derm procedures, but why, why dermatology for you? You know, I think dermatology is a great way to kind of um, pair both sort of the medical side of medicine as well as procedures, you know. Um, you get to see um, people from kids to adults, so I really like the how broad it can be. You know, I think the skin is also a, an organ that gives you wonderful insight to the rest of the body as well. Tell me more about that. So I was just speaking about psoriasis and how it is an inflammatory condition that can affect not only the skin, but multiple other organ systems. So it gives you an insight to how the patient's um, wellness is overall. And um, you can use the skin to kind of cor correlate with other physicians and, um, and, and help with overall patient wellness. You know, and there's so many health conditions that are like that. Diabetics, you know, looking at the, the darkening in the back of their necks. I see that a lot in kiddos that I'm a little bit worried about. Absolutely. I mean, it can, the skin can present with multiple findings that can give you an insight to the overall patient uh, wellness. With your dermatology practice, what do you primarily do? Are you specialized in anything or just kind of general derm? I do mostly general derm. I see children. I see adults. Um, we do surgical procedures every day. Um, I also dabble in Botox and filler, so I do a little bit of everything. You know what, girl? I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> I am going to ask her a question about fillers because I, sure. since I yeah. brought in with um, more of the female physician community, you know, I'm seeing people's um, results that they're putting up on Instagram and just some of that. And as a physician, one, I'm intrigued about that because I really never received any formal training on it. And two, as a woman, I'm like, I think I want some of this shit. This looks nice. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think um, it is a it is a lot of fun. I think you can get really great results with um, minimal risk. More people are going towards um, approaching Botox earlier in life, using it more as a prevent preventative strategy than as a way to kind of chase fine lines and wrinkles. I love it. And tell me a little bit more about the fillers, because I know there's a bunch of different types and and different placement. Give me give me more information about those. 
Sure. So there are, there are many different fillers out there and many ways we can treat um, fine lines and wrinkles and aging in a um, less aggressive fashion. Um, what we do, what I do primarily is hyaluronic acid fillers. So the Juvederm family, I think they have a great line of fillers and fillers can be placed um, in any places that people are lacking volume. So for the cheeks, for example, you know, we start to age, we, we start to lose volume on our upper cheeks. And so by putting a little filler in the upper cheeks, you can really give a nice natural look without looking overfilled, you know. Um, later in life, we start to get those folds along the nasolabial lines or the marionette lines. Um, and filling in these areas too can give a nice natural look, just refreshed without looking like, you know, somebody from Beverly Housewives or something like that. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't want to look like you have a mask on? <laughs> Okay, so my next question is, what is the stuff that people are injecting at the underneath side of their chin, like their waddle? Because I've seen a lot of that, and that intrigues me big time. Oh, it's super cool. So it's called Kybella. Kybella is a deoxycholic acid injection. So it's essentially um, the deoxycholic acid that our gallbladder makes to digest fat in our gut. Um, so it's actually a product that is injected into the submental fat to digest the fat in the area. It is considered permanent, which is really cool. And it does take several treatments, um, but it can give a really nice result. Well, and that's what I was thinking too. I don't think that you could like get it all done in one shot as far as like one treatment. What's the realistic, like how, like when you get it done, I'm asking for personal reasons as you can. <laughs> no, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> After you have your first round of treatment, like how long do you have to wait for that fat dissolving to occur so it um after the treatment the most notable thing is that it will get quite swollen um so it can get pretty swollen almost bullfroggy um type of swollen so patients need to be prepared for that um and because <laughs> it can be fairly dramatic um and then after this sort of goes down um we can inject again so usually um six to eight weeks afterwards and typically what are you preparing them for two three four rounds you know, usually at least two to three. I think one, I'm so, I have some patients who are honestly happy with one, um, but it can take a few injections to really get the, the full tightening that people want. And, and they're really pleased because it is permanent. So, you know, it's a, it's a permanent fat dis, um, dissolving solution. So it's a really nice outcome. And it's, it's not terribly expensive for permanent fat loss. All right. Any other good dermatological magic that you have to share with all these other friends of ours oh, out in the world? Oh, so much. Um, I mean, I think the best thing for preventing wrinkles, aside from some of the things we've talked about, like Botox, Retin-A, I think all of us should be using it. Um, you know, unless we're pregnant, I think it's a wonderful thing to help promote collagen production. Um, so if you're not using Retin-A or something similar, I would do it because um, it's really great for um, preventing aging signs. And of course, as we've already talked about, Erin, sunscreen every day to prevent photo aging. Love it. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much today and I'm now like going to pursue this a little bit more. I may be flying out to Seattle to see you before too Bye. long. I would love to do it, Erin. Let's do it. We'll have some fun. <laughs> I love it. If listeners want to ask you more questions or maybe they're in kind of your area and they want to network, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? You could always find me through Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'd be happy to also get questions um, through you, Erin. So if you want to forward them on to me, that's great. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. As of this recording, I have not yet went and got the under your chin injection, but I do continue to think about it just as an FYI for you guys. <laughs> so good. I had such a good time interviewing with uh, Sarah on this conversation. You know, and the kick of encouragement that I wanted to come at you with today is one that was spurred by this conversation. And the question is, what are the questions that you need to be asking for totally selfish reasons? And I ask this because so many times as alpha physician females, there is an expectation that we are to know it all. We are to know the physician medical side. We are to know the woman experience side, the mothering side, all of it. When in fact, in reality, we all just have a little sphere of expertise. We are the experts on our own life, and that's great. But when we stretch and try to assume expertise in all areas, it just leads to frustration, disappointment, shame, and guilt. So I bet there are some areas and some questions that you're like, hmm, I really need to know some things just for myself, but I'm hesitating because then it will look like I am no longer an expert. Well, girl, I am telling you today, ask the questions, put it out there, no more fear, no more hiding, no more thinking that it'll look shameful if you don't know the answers. You are the expert on your own life. That's the only kind of expert that you have to be. Yeah, we're physicians, we practice medicine, but we all know that we are continual learners. We are not an expert in every single moment, in every single disease state, in every single field of medicine. I was recently talking with a close friend who's a pediatrician, and she was talking about that sometimes she is fearful to let the general public know that she's a doctor, like when she goes out to a class or grocery shopping or meeting a new group. She a lot of times will just say her first and last name and leave it at that. And I was asking her, like, what's behind that? And she's like, well, I don't want them to assume that I know all the answers. And I said, but wait a minute. Wouldn't you just tell them the truth and say, hey, I'm a pediatrician. No, I don't know about your grandma's heart disease or your Uncle Fred's toenail fungus. Like, just state your truth. Like, yeah, I'm a doctor and I'm a kid doctor and I'm a really good kid doctor. And those other questions, you need to go talk to your own doctor about. So I just challenge you. What do you need to step up in your own life too and just own and just say, this is who I am and this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. So Go find your own answers. Go be the expert of your own life, right? Well, I hope that this has been encouragement to you. I hope you've joined this conversation. I hope that you truly are doctoring yourself first. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See you later. Love ya. Bye.